You are listening to an exclusive on PodHub Network. Your city, your podcast. All right, welcome back to another edition of Back to the Berg, small business edition. Um, joining me today is a good friend of mine, actually. Uh, his name's Christian Circle. He owns Keeks Barbershop in Rochester, Pennsylvania. And that's the only place I get my hair cut. Uh, so since I haven't been home in a while, that's why I look like this. <laughs> so, Christian, welcome to the show. Thanks for coming on. Thank you. Thanks for having me, dude. Yeah, no problem. Is that Hannah? Hannah's, Hannah's just sitting there like staring at me like I'm... Let's see Hannah. I haven't seen Hannah in forever. <laughs> Bring her on. Good morning, Hannah. She's just sitting there like staring at me like I'm... Hi, Cody. Hey, Hannah. How are you? Thank you, buddy. Happy birthday. <laughs> Late birthday. Thank you. Yeah, it was just yesterday. <laughs> yeah. You didn't tell him happy birthday? Yes, I did. I was just saying it again. No, no, <laughs> Bye. <laughs> yeah. Go finish cooking the chili. <laughs> All right. So, Christian, like I said, I, just from that interaction, I think people will know that we have a very close relationship. We're really good friends. Um, and yeah, I, I actually, we didn't meet until we met once before we became friends. So yeah. our families were, are, are, were intertwined Worse. at one point. Yeah, they were intertwined <laughs> at one point where my dad was dating your now ex-aunt. Ex. And that's, that's kind of how I met you for the first time. Yeah. <laughs> it was that mom. <laughs> yeah, it's a weird situation, but that's Beaver County for you. Yeah. <laughs> So that's where I met you for the first time. It was like going up, going away party, and you were going off to uh, Hawaii because you're in the military. And I remember I yes. met you, and you were in your you're in your gear, and you were stone faced. I didn't know. <laughs> hey, nice to meet you for five seconds, <laughs> and then you come back. You come back from Hawaii, and we become best friends very quickly. Um, so just to give people a background of how we met. There it is. <laughs> yeah. So people st- think. Oh, go ahead. People always think like I'm like just that serious, but I think it's just my face. Everyone thinks I'm like a dickhead, but. No. Um. Now that I know you and I look <laughs> at your face, I'm like, it's like that TikTok. It's like, what is are they thinking about? And it's like I can just imagine <laughs> the craziest things that you're thinking about when you're just stone faced. <laughs> it's probably honestly nothing. Yeah, probably. <laughs> So since I didn't grow up with you and I can't tell your whole biography alone, tell us about you. Tell us about growing up in uh, center in Manaka. Um, what was that experience like for you? I mean, it, I don't know. It wasn't, center's a pretty cool place to grow up. I mean, everyone seems to get along with each other. And like, I was kind of friends with everybody. So it's pretty, I mean, I had a, cool childhood growing up in center still yeah. like a lot of my friends I, I mean I grew up with from there the majority of them so yeah yeah it's not not bad and I mean it's still Beaver County so <laughs> <laughs> yeah still in Beaver County yeah so what what did you guys do like where where'd you guys go where'd you guys hang out did you just hang out in the backyard like I mean center's like so, center is so big so you couldn't like it's not like how everyone was, I mean, you, we, we played outside and like whatever, like road bikes around center, but like center is so big. So 
Like, I, I don't know. All the neighborhoods are kind of spread out. It's not like Monaco yeah. where everyone. You can just go downtown or whatever. Yeah, it's so close. And honestly, like, it wasn't until probably like 10th grade is when, like, we started, is when Monaco and Center merged. Yeah. And then we started going downtown Monaco. And then that's when we had, like, the, like, we, I would just wake up. Me and my friends would like wake up. We'll, I'll just drive down to the courts, get dropped yeah. off at the courts, and then there'll be like 20 people already there. Like, no texting saying, Hey, I'm going down to the courts. Like, yeah, everyone yeah. was already there. I thought that was cool because, like, didn't really do that in center. Yeah. So that was like a little bit different, but. So you mentioned how... the, uh, you mentioned the center Manaka merger into CV. I talked yeah. to Jordan DeFigio last week about that whole thing because she was I think she said she was a senior when that happened what was your experience kind of merging high schools how did you view it uh how did it affect you personally I mean dude I, it was like I don't know it was just because Manaka was like a lot smaller than us than mm -hmm. Center. so the kids that it's not like our grade like grew grew like I don't know it was just it wasn't as bad, as hard as like people think, or as different as people think. Yeah, it wasn't a big like, transition. No, it really wasn't. And then I met like Smitty. Yeah. Through the merge. <laughs> and, yeah. And like, the, he was always down at the courts too. And then that's how like we became real close and everything. So, yeah. But it wasn't like a weird transition or anything, at least from what I remember. It feels like forever ago. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> now, uh, you you and your brother, Tom, that's the only brother of yours that I know. I know you have an older brother that I've met maybe twice. But you and Tom, you grew no, up. I just, no, that's that's just my, that's my only brother. Oh, who's, uh, who's the comes around for the, sister. yeah. But who, who comes around for the uh, softball tournament? I've seen him at your, at your house when we were moving, I think. I can't remember his name. That's I've only met him a couple times. Is he your uncle, maybe? Cousin? Maybe my uncle. Probably, yeah, that's my uncle. With the okay. two kids. Maybe. Yeah, that's probably my uncle. Okay. Still, I mean, I that's what I mean, is I've only met him a handful of times. And it's like, he just seems like an older brother. It's like maybe 35 yeah. or something, you know? Yeah, that's probably my, that's probably my uncle. He's so anyway. Back to you and Tom. <laughs> so you and Tom grew up playing hockey together. Uh, what was it like to be able to play on the same team as your brother? I didn't get to experience that as a kid. We So he was a little, a little bit older, so it wasn't like we were uh, – most of the time, like, we didn't, like, really play together. Oh, okay. Like, I thought you guys like were a little did, closer in age. My bad. Yeah. He always played in leagues above – like, a league above me, you yeah. know. But there were times where we did get to play together. And it like that was cool. He was uh, always the goalie, so yeah, <laughs> yeah, he was pretty good. And then he got uh, shot in the eye with a paintball gun, lost his right side of his vision, so like off his peripheral. Yeah, there so. goes his goalie career. Yeah, couldn't play <laughs> goalie anymore. But yeah, that sucks. So that's actually like with JT. He he played more with. Uh, oh yeah, you played with brother. JT. You played with or your brother played with JT Miller. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he played more with my brother. But like, I grew up like around all those guys playing too. So, yeah, 
Yeah, it was cool. And I remember um, I would go to your dad's house every once in a while, and we'd go in the basement. There's pictures of you and Tom at the uh, – with there are pictures of you with Mario Lemieux. Oh, you, yeah. Dude, he's that, like, did you realize who you were, like, taking a picture with at that time? Yeah, when I was when I was little, I used to uh, like I was always a huge fan of Lemieux, and yeah. like toward even like during hockey tournaments, um, his kids are around my age too. I don't, I can't remember if it's his daughter or his uh, son, but they were, they both played at the time, and they would always be at the Lemieux would be at almost every tournament I was at because his kids were in that tournament. So I'll be playing a hockey game and Lemieux will be sitting in the stands with all the, all the parents just yeah. watching the game. Like no one would like would bother him, you know, he'd just be sitting there like watching his kids play. And then I would go to his camp too. And then at the last day of the camp, it was only like a week long, but at the last day of the camp, Lemieux would always come at the last day and do like a little scrimmage with us, like jump on both sides of the team and got to play with them. So that yeah, was pretty cool. You like grew up with Mario Lemieux. I like didn't <laughs> realize that. Like I thought you just went to camps and you took a picture with him. No, he was. He was That's crazy. My, <laughs> my grandpa's cut his hair before. Like wow. Yeah, it's <laughs> pretty cool. He's a good. He's nice man. Like and even like there would be like kids that go up to him while they're in the stands. You know, while he's in the stands, you know, and like yeah. ask for an autograph. He never had a problem signing autographs, and he's always, for the most part, no one bothered him. Because he was just there to watch his kids play, but yeah, and I, I've talked to a few people on the podcast about how like Pittsburgh people treat our athletes, and that's like to a T. Like they, yeah. that's how it is. Is you're not going to bother them. They're, they're yeah. there just like you are, doing the same thing, watching their kid play or just yeah. at a restaurant eating. So that's awesome yeah. To that Even same with like uh, I played against uh, Edzo's kid too, the old. Uh, oh, yeah. coach. and he would i mean he would do the same thing he would just sit in the stands no one would bother him <laughs> yeah <laughs> cool i i mean i'm still in shock that you you basically grew up with mario lemieux yeah i mean <laughs> to I, you it's I, nothing I, to me it's like holy shit <laughs> I, I was always like i was always a huge fan i was actually at i mean i was i was really young at the time but i remember like I don't remember the full game or anything, but I do remember being at Mellon Arena and uh, his first game back from from, from his cancer stance. from from his cancer. Yeah, so I was there at his first game back. My dad took us down there, and I, like I thought that was pretty cool. Then ever since then, like he's just been always like my favorite hockey player. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. All right. So uh, growing up. Played, Oh, go sorry. Ahead. Go ahead. You go ahead. No, I was saying it's funny. Like, I don't know how, like, uh, real was, but, like, when I think about it now, but I used to write letters to him when I was younger, and then <laughs> I would get, like, signed pictures back from him, so. That's awesome. Holy yeah. shit. <laughs> yeah, I got a bunch of stuff, man, from all signed by Lemieux. That's really cool. Yeah. So, growing up, did you always think that you were going to eventually become a barber? No, no, not at all. So, for those that don't know, Christian was, or I mean, I think I mentioned it like ten minutes ago. But Christian was in the military. Did you did you know you were going to go into the military? No. So. Okay. So let's go through this process. (laughs) Yeah, 
Oh, uh, it was, dude. This is gonna. It's not. It's gonna sound like super corny. <laughs> like my mom was after high school. Like my mom was like pressing me about like, what the hell are you doing? You know, like are you going to school? Are you joining the military? Like what? Because I did mention I I was like thinking about the military. Yeah. She wasn't on board with it, but then after me not doing shit. Like she was like, all right, like what you are you get out of the house? You know, you need to you need to figure this out. Are you going to school? Or what? So like, I toured some colleges and everything, and then I don't know. College school was like never for me. So like the one day I'm like I wake up, it's like a I don't even know what day it was, but I wake up and I'm like thinking I was like, oh, should I go talk to the recruiters? Like I don't know what to do. You know, should, yeah. I, should I go talk to the recruiters? I'm like sitting on my couch, and I was like. I'm ready to go out the door, but I don't know if I want to go out the door. And no yeah. shit, uh, one of those like army commercials come on. Like as I'm sitting there thinking about it, I was like, "All right, I guess that's a sign. I'll go do it." So that's funny. That's, yeah, <laughs> but uh, I don't regret it. Definitely wouldn't do it again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, I think I've talked to you about like boot camp and stuff and how intense that was. Like. I couldn't even imagine that experience. Yeah, it, it was, I don't know. Some people get it worse than others. Like, Is it just overwhelming? Yeah, it's more mental than anything. Yeah. You know, like, first, like, first step in when in the basic training is, uh, it's called, it's like a holding phase, like a processing phase. So, mm-hmm. like, once you get the basic training, it's not like, boom, you start training right there. Like they take you to this place that's called 30th AG and it's the worst fucking place in the world. So you get there and then that's like when the whole in-processing starts and they tell you 72 hours in-processing, then they ship you to basic, yeah. which is just the bus ride up the hill to your company, you know? But they don't tell you really how long you're going to be there. So they tell you three days. They don't tell you shit the whole time. You're just like, not getting any sleep you're staying in line you're getting shots you're getting your hair cut you're getting all this shit and you don't know what the hell is going on you're literally like zero sleep for the first three days and then like i was there a total of 10 days before i actually got the basic training so like that whole 10 days felt like fucking year and it's just (laughs) like that was honest to god that like first 10 days before basic training was the worst part of basic training Wow. Like, you're just not sleeping. You're getting, like, I don't know, man. It's hard to explain. It's just all mental. Like, they're not really making you do anything because they can't, like, to, like, push-ups and everything because yeah. they don't want to hurt you before you go into basic training. So they just fuck with you mentally. It's, but, I mean, that's a lot of what it takes is to get through that mental part before the physical, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. Because then – like honestly when i got the basic training like it was a lot harder physical like physical wise but i was like so relieved i'm like i'm just happy i'm out of 30th ag yeah like that's like, <laughs> absolutely terrible you can ask anybody that's been to fort benning georgia and the infantry and they would tell you the worst place is fort benning georgia <laughs> <laughs> well i'm gonna take your word for it 30th ag <laughs> not fort benning 30th yeah so now let's talk about your you did would you call them tours? You had three tours. Mm. What would you call it? So I, I was. I, I was. Sta- it's considered. It's the deployment. So I was stationed in uh, Hawaii. So Hawaii's job is like to 
pretty much guard the Pacific. Yeah. Now, I mean, Hawaii still deploys to the Middle East and everything, but um, for the most part, like we stay in the Pacific. So I spent some time in uh, Australia and Indonesia. So that was pretty much it. Then once I was getting out, my company went to Japan, but I stayed back because I was getting the hell out of there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, I, I remember that first time we met, everybody's like, oh, he's getting the easy way out. He's going to Hawaii. Was mm -hmm. that was that statement or assumption true? Fuck no, dude. I hate <laughs> I didn't hate Hawaii. Hawaii, I mean. I was going to say, imagine hating going to Hawaii. <laughs> yeah, Hawaii was, the island's beautiful. Like, the people mm -hmm. are awesome. The food's awesome. Everything's awesome about Hawaii. But, like, we like our company trained like nonstop. like mm -hmm. any any chance we got like we were training and i don't know if you guys ever seen pictures of it like the mountains and how thick that like jungle they call it yeah, is yeah but that's where we train like we oh, don't train wow. like there's nothing really open in hawaii you know so we're not training in like these open fields or anything flat land it's all like those mountains and we'll be there two weeks at a time and we're literally up and down, up and down these mountains, you know, all for two weeks straight. So the terrain like ruined Hawaii for me because <laughs> like, I didn't even want to go on these like beautiful hikes over in Hawaii because I was like, that's all we do is that's training. <laughs> that's training. And then I'm no, I'm not even kidding. It rains like once a day somewhere on that Island. It might not rain like, like you could go there for vacation you might never see rain but on every training site that we go to it rains every single day like there will be time where it'll rain two weeks straight and we're out there two weeks straight in the rain in yeah. that terrain which is just terrible oh my goodness so everyone's like oh hawaii you're so lucky i'm like yeah you don't see hawaii like i see hawaii you know? <laughs> but so what was your favorite part about Hawaii though? Cause I mean, you got to give the people a little bit of hope about Hawaii. Oh no. Like dude, it, I said, I, Hawaii is a great place to visit. Yeah. Like unless like you're like you born and raised there. Like, I don't know. It's just not somewhere I would want to live. Like it's super expensive. Any, any chance I got to go home, it was $2,000, almost $2,000 plane ticket, 12 hour flight, yeah. you know, cause, I always thought Hawaii was like right off the coast. Like I would see it on the map and I'm like, oh, that's pretty close to the, uh, the States, you know? That shit's like smack dab in the Pacific. Yeah, so, you, you weren't like from geography in, in high school, huh? Yeah, yeah. I'm like, I mean, from California to Hawaii is like a six hour flight itself. Yeah. And here to California is probably six hours. Yeah. So the fight was always terrible and then i just you feel like you're stuck on a rock i mean downtown's cool you know honolulu was cool to party at but you're spending like 300 dollars every time you go out so that's half your paycheck yeah i mean i don't know it was cool it was good experience and everything hawaii was it's cool i got to live in hawaii for four years but yeah i wouldn't do it again I'd rather go back to visit, go to like a smaller island. It's more considered like country than yeah, all the tourists and everything. So yeah, that'd be a really cool experience. Hawaii, yeah. Now you also you said you went to Indonesia. What was that experience like? 
Uh, honestly, like the I don't know. It's hard to explain. Like Indonesia is what the place that we went to. At least I know there's a lot of beautiful places in Indonesia, but we went to um, we flew into the city of Jakarta, which is like picture Pittsburgh with all the skyscrapers, everything just like ran down people picture like people bathing in the Ohio like in no traffic laws which is just fucking wild like everyone 100 like everyone going different ways on their mopeds like scary as shit but um (laughs) but like for the most part I mean I don't know we got to train with the Indonesian army and it was kind of like their special forces so these dudes are like all like badass dudes man but barely spoke English but they were pretty badass and we got to train with them and see like how they like they taught us like a bunch of shit like uh jungle survival and big thing was uh snake training like so that's part of their snake handling is part of their like actual training so there's cobras everywhere where we were cobras and they, they would just catch these cobras we'll sit around in a circle and like they'll tell us how to like handle a cobra and shit it was wild. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. What was yeah, it? Then after we were done, they would chop off the head and drink the blood of the cobra. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty badass. <laughs> yeah. These dudes are nuts, man. So, like, did they, was it kind of just a survival thing with the cobras, like, just to make sure you didn't? Yeah, they would, because they would teach us how to, like, uh, set up, like, traps in the jungle. And honestly, okay. it was, like, smaller traps for, like, food. But then there's also traps that they taught us to, like, these same traps you can make it bigger to just catch a human it's like like i don't know like it's wild shit that they did but yeah they would they taught us you there yeah i'm here (laughs) okay (laughs) they taught us i mean mean, a bunch of cool cool stuff more like jungle survival and then uh we would show them like some of our training they'd show some of theirs and yeah we went to the shooting range and Every single one of them outshot us because <laughs> couldn't believe it, man. But then I then I realized like, oh, these dudes are like their special forces, so makes yeah. sense. <laughs> and then you also went to Australia, which is another beautiful country. What was your experience yeah. like there? That was absolutely terrible. <laughs> I, I, think I, didn't I, to, I didn't get to see shit. I think I remember I, you telling me about this, yeah. <laughs> I didn't see anything in Australia. We didn't see we spent the whole like I was there like two months there like in in the woods yeah like so what we do like before we deploy we go to Louisiana for a month and we do a pre-deployment training and you get out your your company has to get validated before you get deployed well these dudes do a three-month training same thing but it's like three months long and that's what they were doing at the time when we got there so we pretty much just helped them with their training there and the whole time we were out in the woods, like, and it, it didn't even seem like we were helping them. It was like, we were just doing our own thing. Yeah. Like, they just threw us in the training. Like, we, we got there and, like, I wasn't even working with any Australians. Yeah. I was in the, in the woods with my, with my company literally the whole time. Like, absolutely terrible. And then that, when we got out, like, when training was done, they were trying to give us, like, some R&R, but it turned out to be like, okay, you guys can go do what you want. Then it turned to be like, all right, well, if you go do something, it has to be in like groups of 
that's being like groups of four. Then it turned into groups of 20. It was just army shit. Like, then it was like, well, why even go out? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm not going out with a group of 50 people and like everyone has to agree on what they want to do is stupid. Yeah. So I really didn't get to see Australia that much. And the woods of Australia are like fucking woods here in Pennsylvania, except different insects and different animals. animals. Yeah, like kangaroos and shit. Say, you see, got deer, they got wombats or anything? <laughs> yeah, kangaroos and like they're everywhere, dude. <laughs> I didn't see one for like the first like couple weeks. I'm like, this is bullshit. And then next thing <laughs> so I, I came here for the kangaroos. Where they at? Yeah, I was like, I haven't seen a damn. Ca- I haven't seen a single kangaroo. And then next thing I know, this little baby kangaroo shoots across, and everyone's like, everyone's like screaming my name. They're like, look beside you. And I like look. I look over my left, and the mom kangaroo is just like right next to me, just staring at me. We just kind of had like a stare down. And this thing was fucking huge. And then it just that's like around. that's the that's the American equivalent of like being right next to a bear. I feel like, dude, those things are massive. That's the Australian equivalent of being right next to a bear. I feel like, uh, are they are they as aggressive? Like when it comes to their cubs, I guess so. Joey's, them, I guess. From what I understand, is there's like three different types of kangaroos. There's like the like reds and uh, grays and whatever. Mm-hmm. and uh certain you got i they all say like you got to be careful like with some of them because a lot of them are like not a lot but some types are more aggressive than others and they will they'll fuck you up yeah <laughs> so i just stayed away man like same with the it's like the hogs in hawaii like yeah <laughs> you see them you just you don't mess with them because they'll fuck you up yeah, don't mess you up. I had, a, <laughs> I, had a, I had a platoon sergeant that was um, it, it like because people would try to mess with the hogs that were out. Like they'll like I don't know. Some people would try maybe like throw something at it. I don't know what they'll do. But I had a platoon sergeant that said uh, if you want to mess with the hogs around us, you got to make it fair and you got to get on all fours too. <laughs> so there was like some people that would do it, like that would like charge at this thing and try to on all fours and like oh my god most of the time the thing would just squeal and run away but yeah hey anything to waste time right yeah (laughs) yeah so before we talk about you coming back from your uh deployment your four-year deployment i want to talk to you about your tattoos and (laughs) ever since i've known you you've had tattoos and i feel like you don't even know how many you have or do you nah not really (laughs) Okay, so I want to know. I want to know which one's your most recent, and which one's your favorite. If you have a favorite. Oh man, my most recent is right here. Like what right is on, that? Right on the side, bro. I don't know if you saw that yet. No, I don't think so. Yeah, I got a little one right here. Um, my most favorite. I don't know. I don't know, dude. Like I used to when I was like first starting to get tattooed i would try to get stuff that was like meaningful you know like mm-hmm. i don't know like praying hands or some shit you know something like meaningful yeah. and then like the order i got i was kind of like whatever if it's cool if i can put it on me <laughs> like, <if laughs> i like it i don't give a shit but yeah it started out with oh, i'm getting tattooed i'll never go below the elbow then i went below the elbow then i was like oh, i'll never get my hands done got my hands done <laughs> never get my neck got my neck never got my face got my fucking face 
I remember one time we were at Whiskey Rhythm, and I was like, yeah, I want. I kind of want to get a tattoo. And you're like, oh, yeah, where do you want to get it? And I was like, I want to get it right here on my hand. And you're like, yeah. do you have a tattoo? And I'm like, no. He's like, do not get your first tattoo on your hands. <laughs> a lot of, there's some people that, there, a lot of uh, artists won't even do that. For the like, first time? For the first time, yeah. They'll, you go in there and you say, hey, I want a tattoo on my hand. They'll be like, let's not do that. You know? <laughs> See, that's, the, the people uh, drawing the tattoos are more responsible than the people that get them. Yeah, honestly. right. Yeah, I mean, then, I mean, you do get some artists that are like, I don't care, like, I don't know you. Why, why yeah. would I care what you get? But yeah, they're like, oh, it's it's, it's free money, right? Yeah, um, but for the most part, I don't. A lot of them wouldn't. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, the, I mean, I looked at it like, all right, I'm barber. I have my own business. Probably going to be a barber for the rest of my life. Yeah. So yeah. yeah it's like well. You're your own boss, so it's yeah, like do whatever you want. Yeah. I mean, I try not to look too much like a like a convict but <laughs> as my mom would say <laughs> so she doesn't like all of them or she doesn't like any of them what, what's her uh, it? she doesn't really honest like she doesn't really care you know when when she first found out about my my neck uh she came into the barber shop and she knew i got it and she was like let me see it and i showed her <laughs> and she's like you're ugly and then just left yeah <laughs> And then the only I one I, I tried hiding my hands because when when I got my hands done, I was actually living with her. Yeah. And, and you I were tried trying to hide my, it? Yeah, I tried hiding my hands for a little bit. Um, it didn't last long. I was going to say, how do you hide your hands? I was just wearing long sleeves. like Long sleeves, off, hands in your like, pockets all the time? <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, honestly, the one that I was actually like worried about her finding out was the one here. Yeah. And I didn't tell her for like the first like few months I had it. And then we went to Florida for my aunt's wedding. And I was like, well, like I have my hair cut. So like, you could like really see it, you know? And the first like three days, I mean, dude, there was times she was sitting like on my right side, we're sitting in the pool and she's talking to me, she never noticed, it. never noticed it. <laughs> and then it wasn't until like the wedding dinner where I'm like sitting there just eating. Hannah's talking to my mom and the way Hannah tells it's hilarious because she's like talking to my mom. My mom's like smiling. She, my mom looks over at me and I don't notice this. And she's like smiling, then just boom, like straight face. And Hannah knew exactly what she just saw, <laughs> you know, so in the middle of dinner, in the middle of this like beautiful wedding dinner, I just hear, what the fuck is on your face? <laughs> like, <laughs> I was like, mom, I had this for years. You didn't see it. <laughs> like, oh, wow. That's, that's hilarious. <laughs> But she ended up laughing about it like five minutes later. So yeah, she doesn't really so, care. So I know you and your family are huge Dave Matthews fan, Dave Matthews band fans. Mm -hmm. You guys go to every concert you can go to. Do you have any Dave Matthews tattoos like your brother does? <laughs> no, I don't. So I know your brother has the one on his cap. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't have any uh, Dave Matthews tattoos. No. So you're not, you're not as into it as Thomas. <laughs> oh, no, I, I mean, I I love, no, that's my favorite band is Dave Matthews. A lot of people probably make fun of me for that, but I don't give a shit. It might deter um, people from coming to do your business. <laughs> yeah, right? I don't give If it wasn't the but, tattoos, it's definitely the Dave Matthews band. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I don't look like the typical uh, Dave Matthews Band fan. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I got some funny ones, but not not any Dave Matthews. Yeah. So now let's get into the business. Let's get into the reason you're here. Let's talk about Keeks, how you – first, let's start – why did you decide, you know, I'm going to be a barber? What went into that? Uh, when I got out of the military, I, I um, went to, sorry, this thing keeps like freezing. You're good. <laughs> I, I uh, went straight to school um, mm. after the military because I didn't know what I really wanted to do. I was like, well, I'll go to school for safety, not like giving it any thought. And uh, like did one semester. Hannah wrote all my papers. Um, and then, it, like, I mean, I did good, but it was just, school was, like, not for me. So, like, thinking to myself, like, I, I brought it up, like, a few times because all over Beaver County you see barber school, question mark, and then that's all you see, yeah. you know? And it's and, like there might be the number to call at the bottom. Yeah, you Sometimes it's faded no, away. <laughs> just barber school, which is actually, like, a not a bad, like, marketing plan because yeah. the guy that, <laughs> you're like wait yeah. bar barber school like yeah like you just else? said barber school <laughs> but when you google barber school the first or at least here the first thing that pops up is barber school of pittsburgh yeah so everyone goes to barber school of pittsburgh you know it's the thing about barber school so like i was thinking about it i looked it up and i mean they accepted the gi bill so i went completely for free that's awesome i was like you know i've always been kind of like artistic in a way and i feel like you kind of need to be to be a barber mm -hmm. so always like thought it would be something that i was good at never done it before never cut anybody's hair not even in the military or anything so yeah. um i gave it a shot and here i am <laughs> yeah and i think i was one of the few people that you first cut their hair yeah outside of school yeah i've been um, thinking about that i've been thinking about that like a lot like because i'm like uh I'm like super hard on my haircuts, like whatever I do, yeah. like any of my work, like I'll take a picture of it. I want to post it online. Then I'll sit there and look at it all day and then pick it apart and be like, no, I'm not. Yeah, you're just super really the average person just scrolling past and seeing a haircut, you know, like, yeah. and, and uh, I don't know. I like started like lately I've been enrolling in like different um, like online academies and everything, like just trying to like, just get, better like you, your, like, you might think, like yeah. yeah you might think like i'm good but like i would i i want to keep like growing so uh like i've been doing that and like i've been like getting more confidence like post pictures and everything and i was like thinking about that i'm like after like like now i see like a lot of like more like progression in my work i'm getting more comfortable at like <laughs> at least like in my eyes like posting pictures and everything because like i said i was hard on it i like think back i'm like thank god i had like you and yeah. <laughs> Cody and Stubbs, Rod, like all of them, like I'm like you guys let me fuck up your hair for at least like, a, like I never thought you fucked up my hair. I always thought you did a fantastic job. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you like so you may like maybe like I, I didn't do like too bad on yours. Like you don't have like too much of a fade, you know. Like you yeah. usually you don't get it like skin. I mean, but now I, I do. Like, so. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Now you do. Before you did. But before, yeah, no. I've only gotten it like that twice, I think. Yeah. And, uh, but like, I look at like someone like Cody, you know, and 
you get that bald fade, like hard part. I look at old pictures. I'm like, dude. Listen, I don't want to. I don't want to roast Cody too much about his his part that he had, but like that wasn't that wasn't it. He should have <laughs> had you do that. <laughs> look at it all. Yeah. I'm like, why did he do that hard part? <laughs> yeah, it was like. So then I think when I was cutting it, I was probably fucking up. It turned out to be like in the middle of his head. At yeah. one point. <laughs> he just had like a strip but, in the middle of his head. <laughs> yeah. And you got and every single one of you guys were like, yeah, it's good, man. I like it. Yeah, no, I mean, I almost <laughs> got, I was like, that's the best haircut I ever got. Yeah. Uh, looking back, thinking about it now, you may have left the top a little too long. Yeah. But like, I told you to do that. So that's on me. Yeah. <laughs> dude and it, like it, i mean there's still like certain hair like i i like your dad's hair like, oh yeah I, dude your dad's hair it's like it just doesn't cooperate nope. you know <laughs> <Never>. like <laughs> i cut it and like i style it and it looks nice and he likes it he leaves the barbershop happy and then he'll come back and be like i don't know what to do about like this part <laughs> of the hair it just keeps falling down i'm like dude he's always had that issue <laughs> Put the product in it, Jimbo. I don't know. Yeah, come on, Jimbo. <laughs> so let's it's talk not a miracle, about, is it? Yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about your start. Obviously, we talked about how you would cut our hair in your kitchen. Um, mm. But you went over to uh, Manaka and you started at Main Street Barbershop. What was that? Yeah. It's like you started as an apprentice, right? No, not. So I was like in school okay. um, while I was working there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my uh one of my good friends um i don't know if you ever met him john um yeah i've met him he so he used to live in the house i live in now and yeah. he used to work at main street and i would go i would start going into main street just to pretty much like learn from john like what i would sit there all day and like watch john cut hair and he would like walk me through haircuts and then like after hours like i would bring like one of my friends in and he would like stay late and teach me how to like he walked me through a haircut whatever and then um he ended up moving to florida for a little bit and i was in school while he was moving to florida so i kind of took his spot at uh in manaka and then um for like a little over pretty close to a year maybe over a year i can't i don't really know and then um the shop right down the street from me like the old guy there retired it's been a shop for like 50 plus years yeah. he retired my landlord that owns my house owns that building and he knew i was a barber and he asked me if i wanted it and i was like hell yeah so that's how it started that's how, yeah, that's how it started. started yeah that's how it started i was just i mean i like it was it was funny because when i first like was talking to john about like becoming a barber like he was like all about like showing like teaching me and everything and he knew he was moving to florida and he was like dude he's like you got to talk to my landlord he's like i bet he'll give you this spot and like i would i drove down there a year before i was even offered the shop to to my shop while it was still being ran and like we were like looking in the windows when it was closed and he was like dude you he's like you should really talk to him about this and try to get it and then once I moved into the house, it wasn't like after like the first year of being here, he was like, Hey, do you want the shop? He's retired. And when he retired, he literally just 
like dude he left clippers there he left everything there you know like the only thing he grabbed was like his apron and like that was it (laughs) so you inherited some clippers (laughs) no i didn't use any of that man those things were old should have framed them up and be like here like this to remember yeah (laughs) yeah i mean i i changed the place like like we took the walls down uh, put new walls up because it wasn't touched for like over 50 years and we took those light sockets out and to replace the lights it was like you can crumble the light socket like in your hand it was just completely wow. black like all knob and tube and it was just it hasn't been touched for 50 years so now there's still some work I got to do but yeah it's coming along yeah it's awesome so for people that may not know like, tell us why you decided to call it Keeks Barbershop. Why is it Keeks and not Circles Barbershop or Christian's Barbershop? Or... Yeah, um, it was a, a family nickname. It was, um, my mom and dad called me it since I was born. Like, when I was younger, it was Kiki. And then I got a little bit older, it turned to Keek. Yeah. And a uh, <laughs> few people, like, they're maybe, like, even like Stubbs, like my closest friend, he's ne- he never used to call me Keek, you know? Yeah. He, oh, it was always Christian. There might have been like two people like beside, like outside of my family that called me that. Now it's like... Everybody. Everybody calls me it now. I mean, either, like everybody, even my brother, like he's still called, like he never really used to call me it, but... Yeah. But for my, my mom and dad, like they always did. And I, I thought about the name for a while. And I mean, even you, like, think i brought like some ideas to you to try to yeah uh, you did yeah i remember figure that. it out but um yeah that's how i got the name yeah it's, it's i like that story just because it's it was a family name yeah now it's the name of your business that just it has that close knit feel to it right yeah and they my uh grandpa was a barber too and he had opened a barber shop in new brighton for a while and that was think that was also circles barbershop yeah so i didn't want to have like the same name as his barbershop but i mean it's not there anymore but i didn't want to have the same exact thing and then it took me a while to try to figure it out i didn't want to i mean you look at a lot of these barbershops like i don't know some of the names are kind of corny yeah i i mean i feel like there's been a sort of a revolution in barber shops recently yeah like basically with your generation like you have keeks it's like it's different it's cool like even your logo is different it's like a it's like this but it's a skeleton and it's got the you know it's got the clippers in it it's so cool and like i never thought i'd see my dad wear a t-shirt with a skeleton yeah yeah i never thought i'd see my dad with that shirt on every time i see him with that shirt on i get so happy Dude, he he wears that shirt all the time. He wears it all the time. He loves it. He's so proud. He's more proud of you than he is of me. <laughs> every, every time I see him, dude, he's a, he has the shirt on. Every time. I gotta, I gotta get him. Uh, I gotta get him one of the new ones. Yeah, I saw the new ones. Yeah, well, yeah um, like I was saying, is it seems like there's a revolution going on in the uh, the haircutting business, I guess. Yeah. Like there's there's you in Beaver County, and then. You also have, I think you have some friends that work at this place, 10th Ward Barbershop in Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah, he actually uh, just moved to Florida, but um, oh, okay. yeah, he, 10th Ward, that's over in um, Lawrenceville. Yeah. And then my buddy owns John, he moved back and opened up his own over in uh, Leedsdale, yeah. Iron Right. 
and uh yeah you see a lot more people getting into it now like even like with when it comes to cosmetology school too you see like more and more uh salons popping up and everything but i think like for for the most part it's only me and um me and another barbershop in rochester yeah and the other barbershop it's been there for around like 50 years a lot of it's more like a lot of older guys go there so yeah. i've been i've been getting like a lot of like new young people coming into rochester from rochester yeah like what i've noticed is it seems like this new revolution if you want to call it that you're trying to bring the old school feel of a barbershop and like the kind of haircut that you get to this new generation with a modern feel. And I think that's yeah. awesome for the environment. Like that's an awesome environment to try and create. I, yeah. mean, I think our generation loves nostalgia. Like that's a drug to us. And that's kind of what yeah. it is walking into a shop like that, like yours. Right. And that's how I wanted to make it like for the, like, I mean, I wanted to put like my own like touch to it. Like I yeah. love, like old school movies and or whatever, like anything like old schools, like in my, in my chairs are from the thirties, you know, and yeah, I got it like all like the movie posters going and Elvis getting his haircut, all like, just like the old school feel. But then I don't know. I, I, it's not even like, even like about the look of it. It's about like, uh, like being in the barbershop. So I, I, I used to work in a barbershop where there was like it was smaller and then there was one big tv and the tv yeah. was on constantly like everything like new movies playing that were out like so i would go in the barbershop on a saturday which is like a busy day and no one would say a word to each other because they're all watching the newest movie on on the tv and it just yeah. didn't feel like a barbershop i felt like weird trying to talk to my client because he, I felt like he was uh, starving and he's trying to watch. Yeah, it. Like he's paying attention to that, not paying yeah. attention to you or what's and, uh, going on around him. Like, dude, that's like the that's the kind of what like drew me into like being a barber was like the whole barbershop vibe, atmosphere. you know? Yeah. yeah, the whole atmosphere and like everyone just sitting there like bullshitting. And <clears throat> some people don't even need a haircut; they just want to come in there and talk, you know? Which yeah, is, which is cool. It's but, like a little a little community center almost. Yeah, um, the pandemic kind of took that away, that feel away a little bit because it's now I can only do appointments. It's technically one person per barber. Um, I don't know if you know, I got someone helping me out in there. No, I was so, going to ask you about that if you've expanded at all. Yeah, I got I got someone helping me out. He only works uh, like a few times a week, but it's nice when he's in there and like we got some people in the shop and we can get like an actual whole conversation going. yeah you, know? you get that you get that atmosphere back yeah you get a little bit of that back so hopefully we could go back to a normal where i could do because i do like taking appointments you know it's easy for yeah. my clients but um i kind of want to do like a mix between walk-ins and appointments so once yeah. once the thing settles down i will go back to to walk-ins a little bit yeah absolutely and that's kind of why i started doing this uh like series of small business interviews to try and help people out with the with the virus and everything because unfortunately it's not going away anytime soon yeah and i really just i think small businesses need to need their voice out there and if i could provide it somehow that's that's what i want to do and that's why i'm glad to have you on this week yeah um, before that's we awesome. wrap up i do want to i, I want to say something that i think is really cool it's a little bit of a personal story but it involves your shop um, my dad, whenever I told him you were 
going to have your own barber shop. He said, oh, where, where's it going to be? I told him Rochester. And when we figured out where it was, he said, that's where I used to get my haircut growing up. Mm. And now I think that's also where my brother got his first haircut. And now it's, it comes full circle. It's like my dad's older. He's in his fifties and now he's going to the same barbershop and it's probably yeah. the same old barbershop atmosphere that you've built that he had back in the day. And I, I just yeah. think it's such, so cool to see a generation be able to come back like that. Oh yeah. Cause obviously he got pulled into the, you know, great clips, sports clips. Oh yeah. That whole thing, the, the corporate side of uh, being a beautician or whatever. And it's like to see the old school kind of come back like that and for the an entire generation to come back to it as yeah. I think it's just an awesome thing. Yeah. I mean, I, like your dad's, I mean, I get a lot of people like that, like your dad, like that's been going there since they were kids. And then now there's, they're coming right back because it was closed down for a year and they, yeah. they were going other places. And like, honestly, the, the, I think that the, a lot of the people in Rochester saw that, okay, I, it's not like I turned it into like, uh, like some like hipster shit yeah. and <laughs> they liked it. And like, I mean, my clients like range from like babies to like a lot of my guys are like 93 years old. That's been going there since, you know, like they were young or yeah. not like young, but they've been going there for a long time. And like, it's cool. It's cool to have like those guys in there. Absolutely. And one more thing, um, I just kind of want to throw it in there to make you look good. Uh, you and your mom do a lot of charity work for the Humane Society in Beaver County. Uh, how'd you get into that? And what's that experience like? Uh, it's, it's more, it's more her than, than me. I mean, she, she tries to, she helps me out in, uh, like, cause I like doing it too. You know, I, yeah. I try to do stuff like in the shop. Um, we did something this year, like the uh, like kind of like the toys for tots but with the humane society like i tried doing something like this year but it was hard because like like i said the pandemic not everyone can just like come and go in the shop you know and yeah. uh so i did, it wasn't like that great of a turnout this year but last year i got to do a party which like my mom like promoted a lot and she got like a lot of people and my, my barber shop for the day was like a giant party where we were trying to raise like a certain amount of uh pounds of like dog and cat food for the humane society and we like tripled our goal that day yeah and like my mom was on facebook live everyone because what she does is anytime she's a realtor so anytime she sells a house she donates part of her earnings to the humane society and then she'll go to the humane society drop off the donation but then she'll like pick a dog or, or cat whatever that's that's been there for like a while or it doesn't have like that great of chance of being yeah. adopted because everyone wants like a puppy or like the cutest dog whatever and she'll have like a video of like her interacting with the dog and she'll talk about the dog and a lot of times that dog ends up getting adopted yeah it's pretty cool so she does a lot for them and uh tries to like bring me into it with her as much as she can you know i mean i can't be donating as much as she's donating like her as often as she's donating yeah right yeah, we tried to, I mean, I, she definitely does more than I do, but she tries to bring me in there every once in a while. Yeah, it's just, it's it's good to see small businesses getting involved with the community like that. And I just wanted to highlight that here at the end. And yes. um, one more thing, I didn't tell you about this, but 
I'm going to buy a $25 gift card from you for the barbershop. And for anybody that has made it this far into the podcast, into the interview, um, all you got to do is leave a comment on, on YouTube that you got to this point. And even uh, if you're listening to this on another platform, just leave a review that you got to this point. And I will put all those names into a thing on the internet that shuffles you around. And I'll be giving away a $25 gift card from Keeks Barbershop to whoever wins that. And I just, I wanted to do that to try and help you, try and help you get uh, more customers and just give somebody a free haircut, basically. <laughs> yep. Put two in there. I'll do one too. All right. Awesome. We got two. two. One from me, one from Christian. Awesome. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, uh, Christian, glad I could get you on here. Glad I could promote Keeks. And it's good to talk yeah. to you again. I feel like yes. I never talked to you because you never answer your phone. <laughs> I know. I was just about to say it was, it was good talking to you because I am terrible with that. I, you called me this morning and I didn't, I didn't answer right away. And he's probably. And like, you called right back though. So. <laughs> I did call right back, but at first I was like, he's probably like this asshole, man. I, I'm terrible. <laughs> I was cutting Cody the other day. I was telling him, I'm like, I feel so bad. I was like, cause yeah. in my head, I want to text me back. And then I just end up forgetting. Yeah, that's what I told I him. He told me. I, I messaged him because he had shared that you you cut his hair. He was like, hit up hit up Keeks for the fresh cut. And I was like, he's got to hit me up because I've been trying to get him on my podcast. <laughs> yeah, I'm an asshole. I know. I'm no, sorry. it's all good, brother. Uh, <laughs> thank you for everything that you do. Thank you for being a good friend to me. Thank you for being a friend of the community. And thank you for your business that you've built. I appreciate it, man. Thank yeah, you. Man. Now extended through January 14th, join a clean and spacious Planet Fitness for zero enrollment and only $10 a month. With tons of equipment and free fitness training, it's the perfect place for everybody to work out. Even me, mister, I'm so stressed I grind my teeth more than most people grind coffee. Especially you. Give your anxiety-clenched jaw a rest. My molars will be so happy. Start feeling fitacular today. Join in-club or at planetfitness.com. Zero enrollment, $10 a month, cancel anytime. Deal ends January 14th, see club for details.